You're listening to the Detroit Worldwide Podcast, where we highlight the stories of native Detroiters that are doing great things in their community and using their impact across the globe. I'm Marquise Taylor. Welcome to the D. What up, though? Welcome to another installment of the Detroit Worldwide Podcast. I am Marquise Taylor, and on this week's edition of the podcast, we had the opportunity to sit down with someone that is creating their own lane in the world of public relations. Joining us on the podcast this week, was Courtney Lewis Mathis, currently serving as an entertainment publicist in the Detroit area. She has worked with a who's who, whether they be artists, whether they be organizations, whether they be companies. Speaking of which, on this episode, you're going to learn about the origins of Courtney's company, You're also going to learn about the latest platform that she is working on in relationship to motherhood. I support it. I endorse it. And when that launches, I want you all to check that out. Courtney is somebody that has shown tremendous love to Detroit worldwide on social media. We want to return that love back. So we are giving her the space talk about the phenomenal things that she is working on. All of that being said, you have heard enough from me. So why don't we dive into the conversation that I had with the homie, Courtney Lewis Mathis. All right, this is Detroit Worldwide. And joining us today is somebody that is doing some fantastic work in the world of public relations somebody that's really been a supporter of the podcast on Instagram, always showing love. I wanted to return the love back and make sure they had the platform to talk about the amazing work that they're doing. Joining me today is Courtney Lewis Mathis, also known as Coco, doing her thing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Excited to have you. What up, though? What up, though? Thanks for having me. Courtney's doing, again, some amazing things. She is also connected to another Courtney that was on the podcast before. Shout out to the homie, Courtney B. Morris, who is doing some phenomenal work in education. Love what she's doing. So, Courtney... Courtney. Yeah, yeah, for for sure, for sure. And then this Courtney, Coco, is doing some (laughs) amazing stuff. So many Courtney's on here. It's probably one of your last Courtney. Right, Courtney. Yeah, Yeah, we go back since. We were best friends in kindergarten. That's how far we go back. Damn. Okay. So that's (laughs) (laughs) shout out to that connection right there. Yeah. I know you're doing some amazing things, Courtney. So I want to give you the space to talk about that. So if you can tell our listeners by talking about some of the work that you're doing, Mm -hmm. and you can kind of go from there. Okay, well, I'm a publicist. I specialize in PR, and that stands for public relations. For those that who may not be familiar with PR, 
I have a lot of clients in the metro area, including like entertainment, nonprofit, and fashion. I also am an event coordinator. I managed a couple artists in the entertainment field, and I'm also new to the podcast world, where I'm starting out a podcast called Mom Titan with my partner Chanel Freeman, where we basically express like the world on mompreneurship and you know, just getting out there, motherhood and balancing work life. So yeah, I kinda am still learning and balancing it all out myself. But PR, I've been doing PR for going on eight years now. Mm. I'll be 28 this year. Mm. And I'm a mother, I'm a wife, sister, daughter. Yeah, and I'm from Detroit. Sound like you are a Jill of all trades and all the things that you are doing. <laughs> I like um, that, Jill of all trades. And that's what you are. And then shout out to you for being a, a mom, just celebrated the birth of a child recently, whose birthday is the day before mine. Yeah. Aquarius, they're going to do some great things. So shout out to that. And shout out to everybody that's born in January. Um, right. <laughs> For sure, for sure. So you mentioned that you are in PR and then you mentioned some of the work that you're doing there. I mm-hmm. want to kind of backtrack and start at where it all began. So I was wondering if you can tell us about your experience growing up in the city of Detroit. What was that like for you? Pretty much my experience in Detroit taught me entrepreneurship at a young age. My mother and father were entrepreneurs. My mom does hair. She's been doing hair my whole life in Detroit. My dad was a go-getter. He pretty much had a candy store named after me called Coco Snack Shop. Mm. Yeah, so it was kind of like a staple in the city right next to Munford High School at the time. And okay. pretty much like a hub where, you know, everybody in the hood could just go get their snacks and play the Xbox. And I really like that about my city because it was like not that much going on in the hood but we always like created something for you know the youth and it's like that taught me at a young age the importance of hustle and entrepreneurship okay and you grew up on the west side right yeah and then the candy store i'm surprised i haven't gone over there because my family had a record store well it was more so in the livernois area but mm-hmm. i do know you know where mumford is located but i'm surprised i haven't been there just given how much i love candies <laughs> So you mentioned that mom and dad were entrepreneurs and they kind of instilled that hustling spirit inside of you. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about that as far as like, were there any initiatives that you were involved in where you were younger that allowed you to be an entrepreneur at all or? Well, I pretty much like helped a lot, like in the family business. My mm-hmm. dad also had a, it was called Metro Recycling. It was like before all the like gold green ways that it is today where I used to hate it back then, like, cause he used to have cans. Like he used to pick up all the cans and stuff from the grocery stores and like take it to whatever, you know, the recycling plant. But that was like the start in me seeing like entrepreneurship hands on. And it was pretty much the family business and taught me like about, you know, recycling and the importance of, you know, just having your own. And of course I did like the cliche, you know, like I was a girl scout and you know, cheerleader, all of that. Okay, okay. But I was more interested in, you know, like the activities outside of school. Okay, but we'll give you some space to talk about that in a little bit. Now, a great segue into my next question. 
talk a little bit about you pursuing education after high school because you mentioned offline that you had attended uh was it clintondale clintonville high school yeah i went to clintondale high school shout out to clintondale um, in clinton township michigan on the east side my 10-year reunion is actually coming up Damn, so I'm getting old. <laughs> right? I'm really my age. Look with the corona going on, that might get canceled. So yeah, 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 who yeah. knows? But pretty much my dad moved us out there, got a house built, and we were like some of the first black people that lived in the little community over there. It was mm-hmm. a new subdivision. And it was like, damn, like we could really, you know, have it all, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was real, real inspiring. I met a lot of cool people. It was pretty mixed school. And I'm still in contact with a lot of kids from high school. And then from there, I graduated and went to Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo. Now, I was going to ask you, and for listeners that are not familiar, Western Michigan is on the well western part of the state. Kalamazoo is about, would you say, what, two? Far west, west side. Two, Two hours from the D, two or three hours from the D. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, what led you to Western Michigan of all places? Shout out to the Broncos that are listening, by the way. My go Broncos. Pretty much, like, I had a lot going on my senior year. My original plan, I wanted to go to Spelman or Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, I was accepted to both, but my dad actually passed away my senior year. Mm. So I had to deal with that. And it's like, I didn't want to leave my mom, my sister. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to stay in Michigan. And I knew a couple people that went to Western. I have some family that went there, Tiffany and Tamir. Shout out to them. They basically were like my mentors out there. And I just went to Western, like chose Western. I don't even know why I really chose Western at the time. It was pretty much because it was like closer to home, but like still kind of far. Cause I didn't even really have a program made up in my mind. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually happy I chose Western. Like, everything happens for a reason. But at the time, it was like, I wanted to go to Atlanta because I have a lot of family in Georgia. No, I know the feeling. Yeah, I got a lot of family down there, too. And I was going to ask you to kind of backtrack a little bit. I know you mentioned that your mom and your dad were entrepreneurs. And also, condolences to you. I know that happened some time ago with your father not being Thank around. You. I can imagine that isn't the easiest thing in the world to deal with. But aside from yourself, were there other members of your family that attended college? Actually, I was technically, well, a first-generation graduate Mm. that graduated college. My dad went to college, but I don't believe he graduated. But, yep, I'm the first generation that went and graduated. So what was that like for you going to college for the first time? It was a real big deal. Like, my entire family was very supportive. It was like a major accomplishment. Like, I felt a lot of pressure at the time. Like, when we were younger, like, in high school, I felt like not going to college wasn't an option. So I was like, you know, in order to see it, I got to go to college. And I just went because I just thought that was the right thing to do. And that was really the only thing to do. And I had a great experience. I studied abroad in college. Studied abroad in Argentina, Buenos Aires, Argentina, where I studied Spanish. Spanish is my minor. And I met a lot of great friends, like, from all around the world. Mm. That's really some of my best memories, going to school and studying abroad. I was going to tap into that a couple of minutes later, but I'm glad that you brought it up. Mm -hmm. Backtracking, we mentioned that Western Michigan is about two hours from the D. Kalamazoo isn't 
and I can only speak from my one experience going there. It isn't the most diverse city in the world. Let's just be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so what were your first impressions going to Western and what were your first impressions of Kalamazoo? Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's not the most diverse city. When I first like stepped, did the college tour and all that, like it was very white. Like it was mm-hmm. total opposite like experience from an HBCU. But once I was there, I felt like it was like a college out of movie. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like how we used to look at like a high school musical or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's that energy. They have a lot of, you know, school spirit. And I had a great education. I was safe. I had all the necessities. And it's actually a very beautiful city, Kalamazoo. So I said it was a beautiful city. But when I first went there, it wasn't the most diverse. But all time when I was getting ready to graduate, we had a lot of diverse, you know, diversity going on. And for what I know now, a lot of black people go to Western. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Western by no means is a bad school. I know for me, I went to Eastern Front grad school and I know some people who did go to Western. Again, shout out to the people who mm-hmm. are graduates of that fine institution. But I know from my <laughs> first impressions of Western, it wasn't like the most diverse place. And again, I've only, I was only there for a few days. So that's why I wanted to ask from your perspective. Yeah, and that's crazy because a lot of people get that first impression. You know, that is kind of, you know, a bad stereotype with, like, our institutes here in Michigan that they are racist or, you know, not that diverse. But, like I said, it's all in your experience and what you make it because the people that I connected with there, like, they're all, like, really supportive. And I know a lot of people that's doing some big things. Mm-hmm. from Western so shout out to the Broncos yeah for sure now you mentioned studying abroad and you mentioned you shouted out some people earlier that were also at Western at the time mm-hmm. I am curious to know what the community looked like for you during the time that you were a student there while I was there on the campus I actually stayed on campus I want to say most during the fall I stayed on campus I did the dorm living, and then on the summer, I had an apartment out there with a roommate. But we were all, like, real, like a family, Mm -hmm. I would say, that type of network. We had study groups and parties together, and, you know, you'll see the same people in the library that you saw in the party last night. So it was pretty much that vibe. Mm. Okay. So... Talk to me about life after Western. I know you studied abroad. I know that you were able to do some amazing things there. Obviously, where did life take you after completing your degree? Mm-hmm. Well, in the process of completing my degree, like I said, um, that last semester, I finished my last semester in Argentina. So I kind of missed out on those last like moments kind of with my graduating class I would say and then I went on from there I'm gonna be 100 like after graduation it was hard like I came back to Detroit and I really could not get a job at all Mm -hmm. like on PR and honestly I never had like a traditional nine to five to this day I started out I was subbing I was a substitute teacher because that was like a good way you know to get my feet in just like a traditional job. Mm-hmm. Like I worked at the casino for like one day. <laughs> I got fired, you know. Oh, dang. I know. So I literally was hustling, like just doing everything, but it, nothing was really working for me. Like I'm a real, that type of story. Like after graduation, 
I asked him, like, I'll get right into the agency I wanted, like a dope PR agency. I mean, every job I applied for was like, you have to have five or seven years experience. So really, I kind of just created my own lane where I started out, I did a PR campaign for Roy McAllister Jr. Mm -hmm. That's my uncle, and now he serves on the city council. So I did a lot of political work when I first graduated. I helped develop like brands with the lip bar when they started out. And I interned a lot when I graduated. In my early 20s, when I graduated, it was like I was becoming a professional intern. Mm -hmm. It was like, dang, I'm really not, you know, I was just trying to find my way pretty much. So I just started my own PR agency. I'm going to give you some space to talk about that in a little bit. But as I'm hearing you talk, and don't you hate when they make you go to school all those years and you start applying for jobs and you need five to seven years of experience? Yeah, yeah. And it's like (laughs) almost if I could create, if I was a professor, I could create my own program for college. It's like, hey, from freshman year to senior year, I would literally get that process started. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, teaching you how to apply for jobs and getting up that experience because it's like, damn, I really got to start over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how it is. They want you got to start interning and of course it goes with knowing what you want to do initially when mm-hmm. you come to college and stuff like that, but I digress, but I just hate that when they tell you to have all these years of experience. I'm like, man, I just got out of school. Like, I'm trying to get that experience. Mm -hmm. And it's like you're qualified, but they want you to have that traditional, you know, nine to five experience. And honestly, today, that's why a lot of millennials or Gen X group a lot, like my little sister, they're doing like trade schools and, you know, just becoming entrepreneurs right after graduation. A lot of them are going straight to college like my generation and I really can't blame them it's kind of damn if you do damn if you don't situation no I hear that I hear that Mm -hmm. so I do want to go back for a second and I know you mentioned life after graduation but when did you first become involved in public relations honestly I was doing PR and didn't know I was doing PR that's Mm -hmm. funny I've been doing PR like I was doing PR in college I did an internship with Roy McAllister and I was just doing a lot of his campaign work and planning his fundraisers and you know organizing different interviews to get publicity and I just originally my I'm a backtrack originally my major in school was international studies mm-hmm. and it's like it was like a, a major I kind of just picked because it sounded cool mm-hmm. but eventually I'm like I don't like this and I was in the communications field and I looked up public relations. I'm like, I'm already doing this. And it's pretty much, you know, connecting relationships and their publics, you know, with their the right audience. And people get it, public relations confused with marketing a lot. And it was pretty much something I already just been doing. And I just became, picked public relations as my major. And Spanish, I was like, oh, that goes really good together. And it just stuck. Okay. Now... All of that being said, I know you said you've been kind of carving your own niche. You intern with family and helping them to do things. And I know you said you work with artists or are working with artists. <laughs> Talk about the most important thing you learned since going into the field of PR. Wow, that's a really good question. The most important thing I would say is 
and this is sound cliche too, like stand in your own lane because mm-hmm. in the world of PR, it's always changing. It's always different. And what's right for one client may not work for the next or vice versa. Different publicists work different for different clients. So I always say, I always stay true to my audience and stay true to my client and kind of just move like that. For example, like the entertainment industry here is a very selective market. It's not that large compared to, you know, Atlanta based or LA. And then originally when I started doing entertainment PR, I kind of was getting frowned upon here in the uh, PR, my peers here. I'm also a board member of the National Black Public Relations Society of Detroit. Mm. And I've been a member, I'd say, like, almost five years now. So I registered for that right after graduation. I mentor, and now I'm mentoring, you know, different people that's coming out of college and suggesting them to that society where we connect, you know, connect them with other people that's been in the field for years and where you could get that direct hands-on learning. So I say the best way to do it is just to do it. Mm-hmm. Talk about, and you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to, but uh, people that you currently work with, like some of your clients. Okay. Um, to name a few, like currently I work with Dr. Sabrina Jackson. Uh, she's an inspirational speaker. You may have seen her on Fox 2. Mm-hmm. She has her own segment. She's an inspirational speaker and also a designer, which people don't know she's a designer author. I have Detroit Zeus. He's an artist, singer, dancer. I've done events for Cash Dial and LaBrittany. They're like all big artists here in the city. And a couple nonprofits as well. One big nonprofit there is Transition 123, where they focus on families that suffer from domestic violence mm-hmm. and they provide housing for their mothers and their children. She's been featured on Dr. Phil and Glamour Magazine, People Magazine. So we kind of just secure, you know, their publicity, get their word out when they have events and, you know, just plan their campaign. Okay. Whatever they need that's coming up. So you have a, a versatile list of clients, it sounds like. Yeah, it's very versatile. Uh, I say it's, it's always changing. And right now with event planning, that whole market is kind of tanked just off of the corona. But the, for some reason, and I'm not complaining, the entertainment industry is the one thing that's still thriving. Mm-hmm. Because people are like really just going crazy. They don't have nothing else to do but stream music and watch Netflix and, you know, entertain themselves. So I've been staying busy. I can't complain. For sure, for sure. Now, one dope thing that I am appreciating about you or have appreciated about you is the fact that you and one of your colleagues will be starting a podcast soon. Yes. Talk to us more about this project. And what led you all to create it? Well, I was inspired by basically my own journey as a new mom. Doing the podcast, I want to reach out to other moms and moms that, you know, out there working from home or, you know, balancing being a wife and women that, you know, want to be a mom one day. Uh, My colleague and peer, my sister, Chanel Freeman, she's also known as Esprit. She's also a publicist and she's 
uh, OG in entertainment, PR, nonprofits, and she's a production, specializes in production as well. And we pretty much just balance, balance each other out. We're new to the podcast world, but we just really want to gain, you know, those different connections where we can have our own network, especially for moms that's being trapped in the house with their kids with them canceling school and yeah, yeah. trying to give everyone that outlet where it's moments where you want to pull your hair out and you know cut somebody out just had that little moment <laughs> nah for sure for sure and when will that podcast be coming out or what is the name of it again mom type task mom type task podcast and we pretty much started a lot of our content and we plan to be out this may 2020 for Mother's Day. Okay. Yeah. Dope, dope. Well, I told you offline, as soon as it launches, I will definitely be supporting it. So whatever you need on that end, let me know because Thank I appreciate so that. Yeah, no, no problem. Hearing your story on the Connected Experience, their podcast, shout them out. I was listening to that interview in preparation for this conversation. And one thing I love about mm-hmm. what you all are doing is it's two women coming together seem like there's a genuine sisterhood and I yes. love that to hear that she being a I want to say an OG because she a little bit older than me I want to disclose my age but she disclosed her age on the podcast mm-hmm, episode. Mm-hmm. but her kind of taking you under her wing and then it seems like it's a, a good relationship I was like man I love that just two sisters coming together and doing some, some positive stuff like yeah that's you know, definitely you know, my sis like we balance each other out for sure yeah, yeah, for sure. I can't wait to hear that. Like I told you, as soon as you get that popping, let me know. We're going to make sure we get that promoted on here. So, Thank you. And shout out to the TCE pod. They're my brothers for sure. They held us down. And, you know, they're doing big things at their podcast as well. So we could just all have our big podcast virtual party coming. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, let me know. Let me know. We all stuck in the crib, so I'm... I'm right. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure, for sure. Now, one question I want to ask you, and I want to kind of take it back to the D. Everybody who comes on Detroit Worldwide, I ask them the following question. If they had to identify a song that best represents Detroit in their opinion, what would that song be? Coco, Courtney... Lewis, Mathis, yes. song? <laughs> okay, look, that was kind of hard for me because my husband is like a Detroit super producer mm-hmm. and beats. But a classic Detroit banger to me is Boss Up by Blade Icewood. Yeah, yeah. It kind of defines like our whole culture and, you know, our mentality of, you know, just being bossed up and, you know, that lifestyle. And I also like the new version my husband remade with Blade, Sun, Little Blade, Icewood, and Payroll. Mm. So, you know, that's a banger. That's kind of my favorite and classic Detroit song. I know you mentioned the podcast, and again, that's going to be dropping in May. And again, like I told you, you have a, a supporter in me to once you get that out, I'll definitely be putting plug in that. But what else are you currently working on? How can we best support you as a community? Right. Okay. I definitely appreciate that. Pretty much, I've been focused on the podcast, Mom Titas. As far as public relations, we have a lot of events coming up for 2020. As soon as we can reschedule and secure a date, I'll get that to you. And as of now, I'm also working on a wine collection with my sis, Antoinette. That's coming soon and a lifestyle brand. 
and pretty much I do also do PR for B Game Music Productions, and we do all the interviews and press for his super producers at Beat Game on Instagram. And I'm kind of just balancing motherhood and this PR life. Yeah, yeah. And you got some little ones over there. And again, shout out to the, the newest one that was born January yes. 24th. Greatness is upon your Thank child. You. <laughs> Anthony Jr., yes. Yeah, I have yeah. Chloe and Ant. <laughs> All right, shout out to Ann over there. You mentioned the social media where the group that you're working with, but where can people find you on the social media space? You can follow me at Coco XPR, C-O-C-O-X-P-R, and at MomTitas, M-O-M-T-I-T-A-S-K. And that's where you can find me on the ground. All right, for sure. Yeah, very active on the gram. And again, I told you, thank you for your support that you've given us on the Instagram as well. But we'll make sure we get your social media information in the show notes so that way people can connect with you. Yes, right. thank you for having me. Shout out to you. And you're uh, doing a lot of big things for the community. I'm trying, I'm trying. I told you I've been in Minnesota for almost seven years, but I'm born and raised in the D. It's, I love the D. It's, it's my heart. You know, shout out to people like you, young people <laughs> that's doing their thing. Last question I want to ask you, and that question is simple. What does Detroit mean to you? Detroit means to me the culture, the finesse, the grind. That's it? Yep. All right, well, Courtney... Coco, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Again, shout out to you for showing support, whether it's liking, commenting, whatever it is that you do from the bottom of my heart. Thank you because it seems like it's genuine. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not an OOG, but, you know, I'm in my mid-30s, but it's, it's always good to see young people that's out here doing something positive because it's very inspiring. And I wish you much success and everything. Like I told you, as soon as your podcast launch, you got a supporter in me. Let me know what I can do to support that. What we can do is community support that. And mm -hmm. I wish you all the blessings. And shout out to little Anthony, January 24th. Thank Great you time. So much. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. I heard him in the background. So. Look, right. He's home right now, too. <laughs> He's my co-guest co star. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Again, thank you so much. Appreciate you. On behalf of Courtney, I'm Marquise. This is Detroit Worldwide, and we're going to holler at y'all on the other side. Peace. Peace.